Alrighty, so we're diving back into this fuse time of moods, and I absolutely love this session. Last week we talked about anger, which was fantastic. I love hands, but today we're not going to raise hands. Sorry, guys. You are welcome to ask questions at the end, but this is a lot I'd like to say. Thank you, though. So today we're jumping into moods. We hit anger last week, and Mark absolutely destroyed it, and we came up with this phrase that we started out with, and we were going to say it each week, and it's our emotions don't have to control us. I don't, yeah, emotions don't have to be the boss of you. And that is very important for us to know because truly our emotions don't need to be the boss of us. Mark mentioned the 90 second period of you have those emotions there in you and it's your choice after that, those 90 seconds to carry on with that emotion, carry on with that anger, with that fear, with that anxiety, whatever it is you're going through. So today we're jumping into fear. I get the blessing of talking about fear with you guys and honestly, I'm very excited about it. And today's just going to give you guys the sermon in a sentence. Fear doesn't have to be the boss of you. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Great. Everybody give that a round of applause right there. Sounds good. Okay. So before we even jump into that, I want you guys to get to know me a little bit and tell you guys the fears I have. And these are genuine. These are not fake. These are real. I hate saying them, but you guys get to know them. First thing, the thing I fear the most are horses. I cannot stand horses. And the sad part is, is I live on a ranch with six horses. I see them constantly. And I remember I was on a walk the other day. I, I wasn't planning on saying this. I was on the phone with my grandma and four horses just rolled up next to me. And I was like, grandma, I got to hang up. I got to run. And I ran for my life because I thought I was about to be jumped by horses. I was not ready for that. I, I'm very afraid of horses. Up next, I'm very afraid of tweezers. Is anybody afraid of tweezers in here? Oh, I turn into the Hulk when tweezers come around me. My family has to pin me down when I get something in my foot because I have no, I, I just can't control myself. I want to punch something when a tweezer comes near me. It, okay. Well, so that's another fear. And my final fear are things with masks. I know that's weird, not COVID mask. I'm just afraid of people who wear masks. I, I cannot stand it, especially clowns. Clowns are not welcome in my house. They're not welcome near me, and I cannot handle them. But everybody has a fear, right? Right? Everybody raise your hand if you're afraid of something. Don't tell me what it is. Okay, amazing. I am very afraid of things. But today we're jumping into fear, and I'm not about to tell you guys the three easy steps on how to get rid of fear. It's not that easy, is it? Not at all. So what we're going to be doing is we're just going to be jumping straight into this. I have this question that I've gone through since I was a little kid of the what ifs of life. I was always afraid of what if my dad lost his job? What if my mom lost his job? What if I didn't get a good grade on this test? What if I didn't make the team? What if my friends didn't accept me? What if I never felt better than I feel today? What if all these things go wrong and never gets fixed? What if I never get the opportunity to do things I want to do? You see, we are all given these what ifs of life and we never find the true truth behind the what ifs. So what we're gonna be doing is instead of giving you guys quick, easy answers, I'm jumping straight into the word because the word is what matters most in this time. I heard this in a sermon three weeks ago. I was in South Carolina, funniest guy I've ever heard give a sermon. But the best thing I heard from him was if Jesus didn't have to die on the cross for the sermon, it was just a TED talk. It was nothing more than a TED talk because Jesus is the point of us coming to church. Jesus is the point of us going through all these things. So we're about to attack fear, but we're gonna attack fear in the point of view of Jesus. 
So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Mark. If not, guess what? It's on the screen. It's going to be fantastic. We're in Mark 4, one of the best passages of Mark in my eyes. And in Mark 4, 35 through 41, it says this. On that day, when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was on the boat. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and there were waves breaking over the boat, and the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern sleeping in the cushion. So pause right there. Jesus was in the stern. He was at the bottom of the boat sleeping, okay? All right, let's jump back into this. This is amazing. So the disciples woke him up and said to them, Teacher, do you not care that we are going to die? Jesus then got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. Then he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. You see, if you're looking back at this passage, you think it's kind of silly that these disciples are scared to death of the ocean. But if you look at it, these men didn't know how to swim. These men were in a boat, and their so-called Messiah was underneath the boat, sleeping, giving his good rest in, while they were afraid for their life. And they went out and called out to Jesus and said, God, do you not even care we are about to die? Do you not even care that we are literally facing death right now? What are you going to do about it? And Jesus immediately stood up and said, be still. Be still. That's something we need to remind ourselves sometimes, that Jesus has control over the storm that we're in in our everyday life. I look around this room right now and I know that everybody's in a storm right now. We are all surrounded by sin and that sin is what causes the storm. COVID-19 was one of the scariest moments of my life, was one of the scariest moments probably of y'all's lives. You didn't know what the future was gonna be. Your future is probably scary. Your day-to-day in school is probably scary of who's helping me in this? Do my friends really like me? Do my teachers even care? You're always scared of something, but we have to remind ourselves that Jesus has our back. Now, something I just want to dive into with you guys right now is part of my testimony. Um, Reading this, it reminds me of when I first came to Christ. You see, I went to Africa, Kenya, Africa, for three weeks serving in an orphanage, and it was the best time of my life. I made friends there. I actually keep in touch with one of the orphans, John. He is living it up. This man has like his own little mango stand. It's pretty awesome. He's, he's having a blast. But he and I write to each other. And I made so many good connections there with my grandparents that I made so many friends and came closer to the God. But I didn't truly know him. I didn't truly trust him. I truly didn't even believe in him. I knew he was God because my family knew he was God. But I didn't know him as my God. I just knew the stuff about him. So I was on the flight home. I felt a little bit weird. I felt a little bit odd. I don't like heights. So I was just flying. It was a 22-hour flight. And my mind was going through all these scenarios. My mind was going through all the what-ifs of life. What if the plane goes down right now? What if everything bad happens right now? What if my bag doesn't get there when I get to the airport? What if, what if, what if? And the minute I pulled up to the airport, we were walking out of the terminal, me and my grandma and my grandpa. My grandpa was delirious, so he was telling me terrible dad jokes, but my grandma was holding my hand and we were walking because I was so happy we were on the ground again. And I remember looking out of the terminal because my parents were supposed to pick us up. And I looked out of the terminal, I saw Savannah, my little sister. I saw Penelope, my little sister. I saw Isaac, my brother. 
and I saw my mom, Aaron. But I didn't see my dad anywhere. I was like, oh, he's probably coaching a soccer game. He's probably doing his own thing. And we started driving home. My mom was in an Elsa costume, which sounds silly. She was a children's minister, and it was a Wednesday night, so she came and, get, came and got me. But we were driving home in the minivan, and we were just driving. I was asking, Mom, where's Dad? And she was like, oh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. You're tired. So we got home. I went to bed on my bunk bed with my brother. I was on top bunk. He was on bottom bunk. And I woke up, and I remember my mom wouldn't let any of the kids out of the room. She had me come downstairs, and my dad was taking everything out of the house. My dad planned on leaving while I was gone. And when I was in that such a hard time of thinking, why are you leaving me? I got so angry at God and I said, God, what's going on? Why are you doing this? I, suppose, I was supposed to be serving you and you took my earthly father away? I went through this storm of life and I truly chose to get out of this boat that the disciples were in. And I sat in this storm and drowned for such a long time. I drowned in that storm and I had nothing to do. I thought soccer could fix it. It couldn't. I thought my grades could fix it. They couldn't. I thought my friends could fix it. They couldn't. Nothing helped me in that storm. And then one day I came to Christ because of this awesome man, Alan O'Neill, and I remembered the feeling like it was yesterday. My life changed from sadness to absolute joy. My life changed from I am at the bottom of the sea. You actually can look into Psalm 27 right now and you can see that David says that God reached to him from the bottom of the sea and ripped him up so he could be with him. That isn't exactly what happened, but that's what David says as an imagery kind of thing. But that's how I felt. Jesus saved my life. I came to Christ in the scariest moment of my life. I came to Christ in the scariest moment of my life. And what we're about to do is we're about to go to the best part of this story. We're about to go to the best part of this salvation that I'm talking about. Because here's the thing. Fear is a liar. Fear is nothing to you. Because if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you have the conqueror in your heart. You have the automatic victor in your heart. And you are up against nothing compared to God. Nothing at all. So that future that you're afraid of, that college that you're afraid of, that teacher you're afraid of, those friends you're afraid of, they are nothing compared to God. Nothing at all. So if you look into your Bibles, if you have it, that's okay. If not, it's awesome. We have it on the screen. But we're going to be in Philippians 4 for a second. And it says this. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, there are three huge things that I read when I read that. But one of the best parts of that is, do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition and thanksgiving. You go to God with it. What's the answer to fear? Prayer. It's it seems so easy to say out loud, but when you're going through that hard time, I know I didn't want to go to God at all. I was angry with him. I didn't have the righteous anger. I was so upset that I didn't go to God in prayer. But the minute I prayed, the minute I turned my life to God, the minute I decided I'm in your boat, I'm not in my boat, my life changed for the better. My life changed because I had a partner have any of you guys seen a 4x4 relay race? Okay, one of my favorite things is watching 4x4 relay race fails. 
I love watching them miss the hand and mess up. But that's kind of what it's like here. We're in life and we're running this relay race and we have somebody to hand off the baton to. If we're in that struggle, we have somebody to run that race with, hand off the baton to. And if you miss, the race is over. You're handing it to the wrong person. You lost the race. But if you hand it to Jesus, you might win. You already won with Christianity, but you might even win that little race that you got going on. So let's go back to this verse real quick. Do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We can approach God in confidence. We can approach God in confidence and knowing that he's there, he listens. 89.3, God listens. Everybody knows that little phrase. But that's the thing. He does listen. We can approach God. We can ask God in confidence. Has anybody ever sat down and actually prayed and begged God for something? I know I have. All the time, actually. You can ask God in confidence that he's listening. You can ask God in confidence that he is there and he's willing to help you because he loves you. You can also acknowledge God in confidence. You can talk to him like he's your friend. That's amazing. That's an amazing opportunity for us all. When we pray, we can find the peace that surpasses all understanding. When we're in that fear, we can find that peace that surpasses all understanding in Christ. So whatever it is you're going through in your life right now, that thing that's keeping you down, that thing that's anchoring you down in this spot that you don't think you can get away from, you turn and you give it to Christ and I guarantee that fear is nothing. You can look throughout the Bible and see all these battles that God went through. You can look at Elisha and his servant, how Elisha was in this little tavern and there was an army surrounding him and his servant walked out and he said, Elisha, we're about to die. We're not gonna make it. And then Elisha said, God, open the servant's eyes. And he walked back out and he saw the angel armies above that army. You look at Moses. Moses defeated Pharaoh with a snap of a finger. God said, I'm sending all these plagues. You win already, Moses. Let's do this. Go save my people. You look at the disciples. You look at Paul and Silas, one of my favorite stories. They were in jail, in chains, crying out, singing, praising to God. And God just broke it. He sent an earthquake and boom, chains were gone. God wins every battle. And sometimes we still can't believe that. We go back to the story of the disciples running to Jesus. Do you know what he asked them? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? When has he failed us? I know never. I know he has never failed us. He actually died on the cross for us. That's the opposite of failing us. So what is fear compared to God? Nothing. It's nothing. But that doesn't dismiss that we have fear. We can have fear, but we can't let that control us. We can have fear, but we have to give it to God. We can't take it alone. I'm going to ask something real weird of you guys. I want every student to bow their heads right now. Bow their heads. Leaders, I didn't prepare you guys for this. But if you could, I want us to pray over our students right now. Out loud if you want, in your head if you want. I want you to pray over our students right now because right now in school, in life, in work, in sports, in band, they are faced with fear daily of what's going on in other people's heads, in their own heads. So let's just pray for one minute. 
Lord, I want to pray over these students. God, they're going through a lot right now. And we're not here to dismiss their feelings. We're not here to dismiss their moods, but we're instead here to point them to you. We're instead here to let them know that you are the, the savior. You are the person who solves the problems. You are the problem solver. God, I pray that these students know that they can turn to you in times of need and times of want and also in those times that we don't even feel like we need you. God, we constantly need you. God, we constantly need to turn to you, but God, I pray that you give these students the power to turn to you, set their pride aside and know that they can't do it alone. Know that they can't defeat the sea alone. They could try, but they're gonna fail. So God, I pray that they know that they could turn to you and God, I pray that they do turn to you. In your heavenly name, amen. Okay, so we're not done yet, so don't even try me, but I just wanted us to do that because I think that's really important. Praying is the answer to fear, so why not pray now? So we're going through all of this, and I am throwing different things at you. So I've never asked you guys to do anything with your phone, but right now, can you pull out your phone? I want everybody to pull out their phones right now. On the screen, I'm about to have some Bible verses, some passages that I handpicked for you guys. It will be up there. There we go. These are passages for fear. These are passages that I want you guys to go to instead of your friends, instead of the internet, instead of Instagram, TikTok, when you're going through fear, instead open your Bible and read these. These are easy little fixes of being reminded that Jesus has you. One of them is even the passage we're reading right now. I guarantee if you were to read these passages, not just the verse, but the passage around them, you will find the answer of Christ in it. You will find the peace that is beyond all understanding in it. So tonight, I really, I just want to remind you, you're not in it alone. We're not out to get you. We're actually here to help you. I was talking to Yasmin um, last Wednesday. We were talking about how to approach this. Goodness, there's so many different ways to approach fear. It's wild. Because in this day and age, fear is such a big thing that we need to make sure we give the absolute guaranteed truth on how to take on fear. I'm not saying fear is gonna disappear, but I'm saying that you will have Christ by your side. Just this morning, I got the call that my car is totally totaled. It's gone. He's in ruins. And I, I had the decision of going to, oh, I'm angry. Goodness, now I don't know what I'm gonna do. How am I gonna get a new car? Instead, I went to prayer. Prayer and steadfast love in Christ is the answer to these fears and worries, the what ifs of life. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to get into worship in a second band. Um, I know I'm calling y'all pretty early, but I just really think it's important for us to do this. And before we even get into worship, I want us now, we just talked about prayer. We just talked about the fear that comes into our lives and how to handle that with prayer in the word I want us to be able to sit down and genuinely pray for a second. I don't think we pray enough as a church family. I don't think we pray enough as students. I think we turn to our friends to ask them to pray for us. That is so much easier than praying ourselves. But today I'm going to challenge you guys right now to genuinely pray real quick. 
to genuinely ask God to rid all fear from your life, to get into your heart and actually help you in this fear. Be the person you could hand off the baton to. Because there's a genuine question behind this whole teaching right now. And it's, are you willing to stay in the boat of Jesus or are you gonna try to take on that storm alone? I could guarantee from experience, you're not gonna win that storm alone. You could feel like Jesus is asleep, but I guarantee he's there. I guarantee he's there. All you have to do is call out. Follow the disciples. Follow the people in the Bible who have obviously showed us that. Fear is a liar. And Christ is the Savior. Let's pray. God, thank you for giving us the opportunity to dive into this. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to truly attack what this fear is to us. God, oftentimes we are up against very hard things in life. And it's our choice. Are we going to let it control us or are we going to let it just slide by? God, I pray that instead we go to you in it. We turn to you in our fear, in our anger. God, there's said to be three different responses, but God, I pray that there's four responses to fear. There's fight, there's flight, there's freeze, but God, I pray that there's faith as well. God, I love you and I praise you. God, I pray for these students today that they know that you are by their side. I pray that they know that their leaders are by their side. I pray that they know that their pastor is by their side, that their parents are by their side. In your healthy name we pray.